I know you're into rocks. Are you into rocks? I've been collecting rocks since I was a little kid. I like crystals. Um, of course kids are drawn to rocks because it's there's so many ways that they can have that sensory input with them. Picking up shiny rocks and showing them off and putting them in a bag never to be seen again. That's basically my experience with rocks. You know, who doesn't like crystals and agates and anything shiny? Thanks for tuning in. We are sitting here and we are recording now for a Rockosophy podcast episode because we're learning about tea. Megan's also being a sourpuss because she's not a morning person. So Megan, if you would please continue educating us on what bergamot is in tea, because I'm drinking pu'er and you're drinking pu'er, but they're different kinds of pu'er. And then we started talking about the fact that pu'er is actually a kind of fermented tea. And then what's Earl Grey? And then we looked that up because we know that we know for a fact that bergamot is the thing that is in Earl Grey, but we didn't know if it was a specific kind of tea leaf mix. Then we learned about bergamot. Now we're learning about the citrus plant fruit bergamot. And once again, let me remind you that Megan is being a sourpuss. So, go! <laughs> so, <clears throat> bergamot is this, like, sour, bitter, orange species. But it's, like, shrivelly looking and green. And it looks like a sad, rejected lime and an orange had a baby. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like, though! Please pull up a picture! <laughs> But it looks uh, comical. Yeah. No, it's a funky looking fruit. But when you search it, uh, all these like infographics about the health effects of bergamot essential oil. And I haven't found any uses for the actual fruit, but everyone makes the oil and does all the things with the oil. But these infographics are making these, and I'm sure they all do for essential oils, but these ridiculous health claims. And of course, none of them cite any evidence. But like... Aids digestion, prevents nausea, fights off fevers, clears the sinuses, relieves stress, diuretic, painkiller, great for the skin, reduces cough severity. Uh, the one that got me was, oh, no, this is a different one. I think that was a chili fries. Like, look at this. Uh, treats nicotine addiction, acne, depression, stress. Headaches, muscle aches, anxiety, constipation, body odor. It's basically God. Uh, it's like a psychedelic little lime. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, this one. Protects the nervous system, antimicrobial, improves self-esteem. <laughs> when you got there the first time, like, she looks up and her face just drops. <laughs> I'm pretty sure an essential oil... Won't be responsible for improving your self-esteem. What evidence do you, Megan, have that that's not true? Maybe that's how self-esteem works. You only have two degrees in it. Uh, well, usually, <laughs> poor self-esteem is like a, a process and a series of cognitive thinking errors. Like, misattributing certain things to other certain things. So it's like a cognitive process. But what if you actually, like, suck at something? Everybody sucks at something. Well, then bergamot oil isn't going to make you not suck. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh! Like... I get it. It's, it's a cognitive problem. I'm just... I'm irritated, okay? 
cancer fighting properties. Why isn't the government all over this? Uh, creates <laughs> menstrual cramping, natural insecticide. Okay, I kind of believe that. I mean, that's citrus, yeah. Yeah. It's acid. Uh, reduces depression and eases anxiety. I'm like, Jesus Christ. If it were that easy, I would just tell my clients to go drink some Roll Grey. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. I feel like if it was if it was that good, if it actually did all those things, people would be shooting up with it behind. Well, people shoot up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> people shoot up right outside the hospital. That one makes sense because needles. Yeah. I saw a needle the other day. Oh, you saw like. It was the butt of like a syringe. Mm-hmm. Where was it? It was like over on a pile of gravel, so it just wasn't like in a walkway. But I don't remember what I was doing. It was going by. I was like, "That's definitely a needle." We find them in our parking lot, and also when I'm outreaching in like n- certain neighborhoods, I have to be mindful of where I'm walking so that I don't step on them. Yeah, yeah. We were off the train in. Capitol Hill. Oh, wow, that's gonna turn into a sad story. In Capitol Hill, Seattle. For like four minutes, and boom, hydroponic needle. Is that a hydroponic needle? Hypodermic. Yeah. Hypodermic. (laughs) Hydroponic. That's not. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what it is? Is there all these hydroponic stores around? And I can't tell because it used to be that was mostly for growing weed. At least that's what it was used for the two places they sold it near me in St. Louis. But out here, like, you could actually have an entire greenhouse if you could hook it up to a solar system. It's true. Okay. Great. So, just, like, proof of concept, uh, I looked up one of the other essential oils I'm aware of, which is Thieves. I don't know what it's made from, honestly. But all I remember is people saying they were using Thieves. Uh, how do you spell that? T-H-I-E-V-E-S. I've never heard of that. But it's the same thing. You do it and it will pull up all these, uh... What a horrible name. Like, uses. And one of them is, like, infection, strep throat, toothache, cold and flu, toenail infections, cleaning, help stop smoking. Pain relief. Gingivitis. I love how it just says washing dishes. So apparently you're supposed to use these when you wash dishes. I don't know. So it's just an antimicrobial? I guess so. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Headaches. Uh, Bronchitis. Strep throat. DIY dryer sheet. Hmm. Do any of them cite anything? No. So it's just people making their stuff smell good. Yeah, at but, least, but at the like very least. these it's health claims, I just want some evidence. Like I doubt, and maybe it's true. I don't know, but I doubt there's like a lab out there. Like, how can we discover all the benefits of these essential oils? Because they're just natural acids. No, what I'm saying is the research to support their claims isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Throw me another common essential oil. Not lavender. Tea tree. Okay. Because it's a kind of mint. Isn't it? It's gotta be a kind of mint. Because it opens all of my pores. I love tea tree body wash. It's like the most decadent thing that I know of as a mammal. Well, that's really odd to phrase. 
it that way. Um, okay. It's a... We just don't have as much hair as other mammals. We're like bald cats walking around. I hate this, but I love Wikipedia. Uh, it's a... Melaleuca is a species of tree or tall shrub, shrub in the myrtle family. Native to Australia. Uh, I don't know if it's in the mint family. Crap, really? I don't think so. Ooh, then what's the Myrtle family? Because it's both they both start with an M. <clears throat> I don't think that means what you think it means. Uh, I don't think it means anything, but I'm losing my argument and I'm <laughs> grasping at straws. Oh, the Myrtalis is an order of family plants. It's a sister to the Eurosids and Eucalyptus. Oh, Eucalyptus. Yeah. No, nah, it's very similar to a Eucalyptus. Well... And a mint. That, they'll open your sinuses. I mean, I love that stuff. Not yeah. spearmint, though. I know that tea tree is very well known for some of its healing properties. It's very good for skin. Um, what does it say? What's it trying to sell you? Uh, let's see what else it's good for. Because <laughs> it'll probably... My soul needs to be cleansed by these essential oils. Yeah, it'll probably be like, good for your religious health or treats your schizophrenia. That would be nice. But would people, even if it did, even if it did, would people use it? Would people, like, make it readily available? Or would they lock all of it up and then charge exponential prices for it? I don't know. 25 uses. Oh, that's too complicated. I'm not reading that. Um, I don't even know what that means. Let's see. Oh, God. Here's, like, the same type of infographic. They just... Whatever. Oh, here we go. Presents onset prevents onset of Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Look, okay. Activates metabolism, prevents heart disease, reduces mental disorders. Just the general blanket reduces term. mental disorders. Your bipolar, your schizophrenia, your Tourette's, all gone. Uh. Reduces chances of prostate cancer. Reduces, Where are you putting it? <laughs> reduces postnatal depression. Boosts the immune system. Treats AIDS. <laughs> it treats AIDS, folks. I just felt my knee. Improves bone health. Like, none of these are related to the skin disorders that it is so commonly used. I'm just like, good God. I'm so glad that that's all it took. That all those people didn't have to die. Because people didn't know that the essential oil, the like natural acid we derive from plant skin, which by the way, what would the human version of that smell like? Just pheromones. See, okay, this is a lot more... Are we huffing plant pheromones? No, that's definitely a different chemical. I don't know. You know that stuff. I don't. Okay, this is... This is a lot more sane when it comes to these uses that I'm about to read you. A lot for more s for tea tree oil. No. Beautifying skin cleanser, right? Well-known skin benefits. All right. Skin softening balm, humidifier cleanser, natural pest control, mold cleaner, refreshing foot bath, bathroom cleaner, toothbrush cleaner, laundry refresher and deodorant. They're all just... Really strong acids. Like, it smells nice and it'll disinfect crap. Right, right. 
used to help get rid of lice to grow longer, thicker hair, hair growth. There's nothing about AIDS <laughs> in these <laughs> other things. Like, I get it. Good for your skin and hair. Good for acne. Perfect. But uh, those things are exclusive to AIDS, Megan. They're exclusive to AIDS. What? Oh my I, God, I have acne. Crap. Yeah, join the club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I want to know. So what I want to know, actually, I know the answer to this. I was going to say mammals that have like, well, we have fur everywhere, but like thicker fur, like, I guess I'm just thinking of specific dog breeds because we were talking about dog breeds the other day. But like if humans had fur like dogs, not in a furry way, I don't know where people shoot up, but I never go behind Dollar Tree because... I never go to Dollar Tree, so tell me more about these little oils. No, I'm really confused. So, uh, I'm like, I went to the, I was going to ask a question about dog acting. Yeah, that's off the beaten path. <laughs> I went to the like source website for this infographic and there's like two infographics like one that makes sense and one that's uh what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> very exaggerated and so i'm wondering hyperbolic if incredibly hyperbolic and so i'm wondering if there are people just creating these ridiculous infographics and like kicking it out there to just mess with people I wonder if it's related to the strength of the chemical on humans. So, like, they just rank them. Tea tree is universal. I love tea tree. and opens my pores for a reason. It's wonderful. But also, it's really strong. Maybe that just means we're particularly susceptible to it. Maybe it's, like, catnip for cats. Like, there are some strands that are just stronger for humans because the chemical that, like, stimulates their facial glands is just more prevalent in one than the other. So someone has ranked them, and according to those, they've taken all that plagues mankind in like a agendered sense and assigned them to the essential oils. So like tea tree oil is not just your average oil, okay? It won't just cure your schizophrenia. It will prevent Alzheimer's and cure your AIDS, which will keep you alive forever. Which, I guess, is what the ego of man wants, but certainly not what it needs. Yeah, something like that. Can you tell us what is actually in Earl Grey tea? Circling back to the original question. Sure, well, let's look up a recipe. Because you know a recipe... exists. Oh, man, I would kill someone for a London fog. Is that a alcoholic beverage? No. Oh, sounds good. It's Earl Grey tea, lavender, steamed milk, and some sugar. Oof. That uh, does sound good. Like the British version of that Thai iced tea we had. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it might never be dissolved. Because it's, like, just mostly syrup? I don't know. I don't know how you never, uh, have had a London fog before. 
When would I have had a lemon fog? Well, it's an excellent tea latte that's served in most coffee shops. It took me, like, two tries to order a dirty chai for the first time when I realized that I that's what I had been ordering for, like, a year. But I didn't want to say the word dirty to the person behind the counter. Um... How would I have known what a London fog is? Well, I would have just thought you would have ordered one. I know, but how would I know what it was? There's half the crap up there is in a bunch of weird words that don't mean anything other than what you already know they mean. I mean, I Google them. You Google tea lattes? Well, it just says London fog, you see. It doesn't say London fog tea latte. And I'm like, I wonder what a London fog is. And then I type it into my Google. Oh... Well, you use a menu as an opportunity to learn about stuff. I'm like the rest of America and just order what I know I like. <laughs> okay. Uh, Earl Grey tea is a flavored tea that is infused with bergamot orange. The rind of the bergamot orange is dried and added to black tea leaves to produce Earl Grey. That's all it says. So it's literally just black tea with bergamot. Yes. Hmm. How disappointing. It's a little more simple than we were hoping. Uh, while a moderate intake of bergamot tea is safe for most people, excessive intake may lead to muscle cramps, caffeine jitters, or reduced iron absorption. <laughs> it is, according to the Wikipedia, a potassium blocker. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know y'all didn't hear that, but... Maybe they did. That that was that was like a good chunk of my. I don't understand my why spine that just went crick. I don't understand why your skeleton makes the sounds it does. I'd like to think that it's just chirping in with a good morning crack, creak, and pop from like every joint. I don't know. It didn't like having the surgery. I don't think. Yeah. Or maybe now it's just more loose. Maybe I have finally unclenched. Maybe. I'm looking up Darjeeling now because it's, uh... No, that can't be real. Thieves can't be real. I mean, Thieves is real because it came up on Google, so obviously it must be real. But that one's not real. Darjeeling? Yeah, it doesn't sound real. It's a tea grown in the Darjeeling district in West Bengal, India. Okay. Pretty sure it's real. <laughs> it's processed as black, green, white, and oolong tea. Mm. Mm. Sounds expensive. Mm. No, I've seen it around. It, it's just a, uh, I don't know, just a tea named after a region, I guess. Look, it's a lot of teas. It's just a specific recipe of boiled water. Of weird boiled water. Yeah. It's a it's a very light tea. Considered the champagne of teas. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? That's who just actually, what it says. Who actually likes to drink champagne? People serve it in such small quantities because you cannot drink a log portion without like burping ridiculously, and which people think is not appropriate in like black tie attire. Or just getting jittery and, like, having a sugar rush and then subsequent crash. Not that I have had. We're gonna move on. <laughs> I think people like it because I'm pretty sure the carbonation assists with the alcohol absorbing quicker. So it's 
um, quick and effective to get you inebriated. Hmm. Which is why it's super popular for like New Year's, I think. But why is there so much sugar in it? Maybe I've just been drinking cheap stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I like the stuff we had at that celebration uh, at church. Uh, anniversary? Yeah, so the church's been around for 140 years. And so we were popping champagne to celebrate. Nothing to sneeze at. Ooh, Darjeeling tea has been plagued by management labor problems for several decades. Frequent lockouts and low wages have been the chief sources of discontent among tea garden workers. Tea estate managements have claimed that profits from tea estates have diminished over the years, but have been reluctant to make public their revenue figures. And there has been severe criticism of the tea garden owners and the exploitation of tea garden workers. From June of 2017, there were violent protests and prolonged strikes supporting a campaign for a separate state for the area's majority Nepali-speaking Gorkha people. Production stopped after a third crop had been harvested, causing financial difficulties and shortage. Hmm. Tea is still political AF. Oh, cool. Let's see what I did there. Yeah. I, I appreciate what you did there. Uh, uh, when Darjeeling teas are sold, they are graded by size and quality. SFT GFOP, super fine tippy golden flowery orange pico, indicates it contains many tips and is long and wiry in appearance. The liqueurs are lighter in color. FTGFOP, fine tippy golden flowery orange pico, which is very similar, but not super, <laughs> not super fine tippy. Uh, and then just TGFOP, tippy golden flowery orange pico. <laughs> I love it. I love I'm it. I'm gonna start hashtagging that. Let me see. Wait, what does it look like? Uh, it doesn't have. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't have pictures. Uh, broken leaf consists of small tea leaves or pieces of large leaves. Uh, FTGBOP, fine tippy golden broken orange pico. <laughs> All the way down to uh, FBOP, flowery broken orange pico, and just BOP, broken orange pico. Uh, ooh, but there's also GFOF, sorry, my nose is running, uh, Golden Flowery Orange Fannings, or GOF, Golden Orange Fannings. Oh. <laughs> dust is the lowest grade consistence <laughs> of small pieces of tea leaves and tea dust. Just dust. Oh my god, I bet that's what they send to America. I bet that's what's in the dollar store Orange Pico tea bags yeah like <laughs> tea dust <laughs> who was i talking to i have this acutely fixed in my memory somebody was talking about um maybe it was my grandmother being in india or something or they traveled a lot i'm pretty sure they went to asia um and india is in asia because geography they were walking by a market and she was like, wow, look at all these teas. Like, which ones go to America? And they were like, those. And it was literally like this tiny, frumpy pile of dust that had like clearly been trickled out to the bottom after everyone was like scooping off. Basically like the bad milk. <laughs> the dregs of the tea harvest. Yeah. 
Because, like, it still technically could be used for tea, but Americans didn't know any different. It was the different, like, mixtures that they liked, which, you know, it could be considered a different process of distilling, I would like to point out. But, yeah, that's just, the, it's literally the rejects of the tea just a industry. little tea industry byproduct that they're like, we can make money off of the Americans. Yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would too. That's like the dairy waste that came from Greek yogurt. Yeah. I was talking to director Kelly Seuswind of the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. He's the sweetest guy and also ridiculously smart. Um, and we finished our interview. So when we were talking about um, policy because that's his expertise pushing innovation. Um, and we're off, we're off camera and he's just like, so this was not related to the topic, but for example, they created legislation to moderate the dairy waste that was being produced from like the Greek industry, yogurt, the Greek yogurt industry. So like back up. So Greek yogurt takes off, right? And it produces this waste that no one really knew what to do, deal with. Yeah, it was just like a dairy byproduct. Like, after you strain out the Greek yogurt, there was some kind of, like, basically unrenewable dairy product, mm -hmm. is my understanding. I haven't looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, continue. So, people were dumping it into rivers. Oh. Because it's also technically, like, an organic, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was, like, really messing things up, though. It was, because you can't dump something like that. Even if it's just, like bad tasting protein you can't just dump a nutrient that'd be like dumping nitrogen or phosphorus or some other like the toxic waste no 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 Greek yogurt waste is maybe it is I don't know anyway it was bad mojo so it was sold to me as toxic waste but it's clearly non-toxic waste well it's toxic for the environment because it's, it concentrated something gotcha but so people were dumping it into rivers because you know it's not like it's lead or something because um, when we don't know what to do with something we throw it in a river yeah. Industrial waste, bodies, just in the river they go. Yeah. Basketballs, lots of basketballs. I guess that's why it's Spokane's hoop town. <laughs> so when they made that, when they, when legislation intervened in this instance and said, you can't be dumping this stuff because it's technically in the same category as toxic waste because of the way that it affects the ecosystem, mm -hmm. it may as well be phosphorus and nitrogen or something. Uh, you have to treat it as such. They found out that they can, like, give it to dairy farmers. And they can feed it to their, like, pigs and cows and stuff. And goats. And I don't know what else would eat the dairy. But, like, there was a reusable way to use that. And a positive way to, like, keep the food cycle moving with the production of everything. So it, it was fascinating to hear. And fascinating to shed some light on the dairy industry. And also the way that, like, policy intervenes and can make a positive, it can drive innovation. Necessity is the mother of innovation. Yeah. Legal necessity, and if you don't have real necessity. Kind of makes me sad, though, because, like, a lot of things are recycled as livestock feed that shouldn't be. Like, dairy waste is one thing. Well, uh, like, I've heard of food waste. In Japan, they have a program where they, like, funnel it well you have to charge a fee but you get Aww. like turns into like pig slop yeah like really high grade pig slop because they only take like four food groups nice yeah but i'm talking about like like ground up chicken meal that they then give to 
chickens. You know more about the farming industry than I would. Anyway, I don't like that. I just, it doesn't sit well with me. It's very Soylent Green. Yeah, Soylent Pink? I'm sure there was a Soylent Pink. I know they had a Soylent for all the colors, but what color would it be? That's sad. I don't like, want to know. I feel like I knew that. And not just because they make a cannibalism, not a cannibalism, a pig-eating-corpse joke in Disenchantment by Mark Groening. Oh. Where they, like, accidentally kill a guy, and they're just like, eh, feed him the pigs. And <laughs> you're just like, oh yeah, that's something that happens. Uh, yeah, pigs will eat you. Uh, but they prefer fruit, like most things, because fruit's amazing. Yeah, I had, a, back to the I had a great-great-aunt Rose who was murdered and buried in a pig yard. So they just fed her to the pigs? Yeah. What? what? She was killed by her boyfriend. What? Your great-aunt Rose? My great-great-aunt Rose. Your great-great-aunt Rose. Okay, so walk me back to this relative. I think she was like 17 or 19, and okay. she just went missing, and they found her... Oh, how are you related to her? Uh, my mom's great-aunt and my grandma's aunt. So, so my maternal grandmother's aunt. Okay. I'm I'm with you here. Yeah. Her name was Rose Tauber. Okay. Very German. And uh Schindler. Yeah. So uh Rose went missing and then they eventually found her body buried in her boyfriend's pig yard and he went to prison, but he lived long enough to get out of prison. And it was this huge scandal when he got out because people were like Small town, like, oh, that's the guy who killed his girlfriend. He was kind of, like, ostracized in the community. Yeah. Did he try to go back to the same community where he murdered his of girlfriend? Of course! Why would he? I wouldn't do that. That was a long time ago. People didn't really have the means to travel. They just dumped him back? Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, my grandma was born in the 30s, and it was her aunt, so... Oh, turn of the century. Yeah. Back in the, back in the day, over a hundred years ago, probably. Yeah, that is kind of, uh, uncomfortable. I mean, like, we know murderers are walking around all the time anyway, because we see them get away with it. But, you know what, it's not irredeemable. I mean, it is, and it isn't. It's definitely. But, I mean, if he was, like, 20 or something when he killed her, he probably only... He probably did less than 20 years, and then he gets out and he's 40 years old. He has plenty of life to live to kill other girlfriends. I don't know. <laughs> oh, what if he got rehabilitated? What if it was, like, a nice... Oh, they're under nice prisons. What if it was, like, a rehabilitation center? In, it like, wouldn't. 1910? It wouldn't. <laughs> no. No one. Mm. I wonder if they still, like, broke rocks with their teeth. They make a joke like that in the Tenth Kingdom, this, like, miniseries that was on television as a kid. They make a joke about breaking rock with your teeth as, like, being a medieval punishment. They didn't really make people do that crap, did they? Because you can't. Herbal it's just a so. horrible metaphor for breaking people's faces. I wrote a paper on medieval torture once, because <sighs> I, of yes, course sir. I did, and it was nothing about breaking rocks with your teeth. Oh, good. Just lots of hot pokers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In triangle, pyramid-shaped chairs. Uh, can we just keep moving? Yeah. We've gone a long way from meat. Bergamot oil. Bergamot oil to, to murder. Yeah. Well, th there's a whole other podcast for that. Yeah. There's plenty of podcasts for that already. Yeah, we don't need to be adding. 
I appreciate the discussion on tea. Thank you. I have learned a lot. I think it's interesting that the citrus fruit that is known as the bergamot is basically poisonous. And when humans figured out that you couldn't just sit down and eat a bergamot, they were like, we'll just distill its oil and then use small dose. We'll microdose ourselves with this technically poisonous fruit. It smell nice. And smell nice. It'll be great. Uh, how, what ingenuity we have. Other primates do that with like termites and stuff. I mean, I'm not going to complain because I love Earl Grey tea, so just keep kicking that my way. Yeah, and the tea tree oil. Ugh, we should really get more of that. Okay. Final thoughts, closing arguments. State your case, please, ma'am. Um, fight fake news. Uh, hold people accountable for the claims they make about essential oils. <laughs> wow. Multi, multi-tiered. Because if essential oils are now treating all mental disorders, then I'm out of a job, so. And we can't both be out of a job. <laughs> all right, do you? 